Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's part two of Pastor Michael's son, Pastor Shane's teaching in Hebrews chapter 3, verses 7 through 19, called Hold Fast. You know, in many Christian circles, it's almost become a cliche to say, guard your heart. But really, guarding your heart, and the reason it's become cliche is it's usually revolving around the dating world. But frankly, the Bible talks about guarding your heart on a much more important scale, and it is in the, uh, in the context of against the schemes of the enemy and against temptation and against the hardening of our hearts. Philippians chapter 4 Verses 6 and 7, a verse that many of us will know well, says this. Do not be anxious about anything. Easy. <laughs> right? We're all, we all got that one down. But in everything. Look, can we just look at the language that Paul is using as he writes to the church in Philippi? Do not be anxious about anything. He doesn't leave any wiggle room there. On key issues like this, the Bible is often very, very clear and black and white. Paul doesn't say in Philippians, don't be anxious about some things. He says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, here's our idea of being joyful and, and an attitude of gratitude as a Christian, knowing the salvation we've received through Christ Jesus, let your request be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will what? Guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So Paul is saying, if you want to guard your heart, what's the remedy? Well, a very practical application, pray about everything. You want to guard your heart tonight against the schemes of the enemy? Take everything to your heavenly Father in prayer. Psalm 51, verse 10, says this. Psalm 51, 10, if you're taking notes. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. You know, uh, my wife and I, we uh, last night watched Aladdin. And I, I almost watched it only for nostalgia. Uh, our daughter was already, uh, yes, uh, I'm 30 years old, and we sat uh, in our living room last night and ate cookies and watched Aladdin. <laughs> We've had nights recently, my wife and I, uh, where, like, I think there was a night not that long ago, we made chicken nuggets in the air fryer and ate mac and cheese, and I was like, my five-year-old self would have been really happy with this meal. And I, and my wife was like, you know what? It's good and it was easy and we're just gonna, we're just gonna enjoy this. <laughs> so yeah, last night we were watching Aladdin. And, um, the reason I bring that up is because Disney, it, there's, there was actually a lot of things in Aladdin as an adult watching it where I was like, wow, I don't want my kids to watch this movie. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's amazing how that happens. But Disney and our, our, uh, children's movies often say what? Follow your heart, right? 
You guys watch Family Feud? <laughs> the red X should show up on the screen every time that happens. Like the other opposing families are always given the X. They're hoping the answer's wrong. Do not follow your heart. In fact, the scripture says, trust in the Lord and follow his ways because his ways are higher than ours. In fact, the scripture goes so far as to say, our hearts are deceitfully wicked. (laughs) Don't follow your heart. Now, granted, I will say there are also evidences in scripture that our hearts are refined and made new and can become pure. And so it's not to say that taking that one Old Testament passage and saying, oh, our heart is deceitfully wicked and that means our heart's always deceitfully wicked. I don't think that's always true because as we are sanctified and made into the image of Christ, our hearts do become more purified. But ultimately, we don't look to our heart for direction in life. We look to our heavenly father. And so Psalm 51.10, what a great verse. Create in me, O God, a clean heart heart. Matthew 15 says in verse 18, Matthew chapter 15, 18, but what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart. And this is what defiles a person. See, the breaking down and the hardening of the heart can be happening underneath and people don't see it. But oftentimes, a hard heart is revealed in what? The way that we speak. In fact, you've seen it, and I've seen it, maybe in our own life in different seasons. Maybe this is you tonight. Maybe it's somebody that you know well, who you've seen a hardening heart beginning to grow inside of them, and it's being revealed through their words. And so Jesus says, Truly I say to you, it is what comes out of a man that defiles him. And we see it all the time. I see it all the time. And and maybe you've met somebody. I've met people like this. uh, As a pastor, this happens often because maybe I'll meet somebody new. I'm a pretty outgoing person, so I'll make small talk with people. And nowadays, uh, if you say hello to somebody in the grocery store, there's a 50-50 shot that they're going to think you're a freak or they're going to be like refreshed and be like, oh, wow, a personable person. So you got to take a gamble now when you do this. Um, My daughter is really good, uh, a really good way to initiate this though, because having a, a small little girl who's pretty cute is, is kind of like having a puppy. Nobody cares about you anymore. They just care about your, your child. I remember when my wife and I got our first dog, uh, her name's Honey. She's a red golden retriever, a really pretty dog. And then we also have a, um, uh, uh, Siberian Husky, and he's a red Siberian Husky, so he has a red coat instead of like black and white, it's red and white. Really pretty dog, uh, and his name's Duke. And I remember <laughs> I took Duke out one day, uh, and this was before we had kids, so I did things like taking a dog out just for the heck of it. And uh, <laughs> I took Duke with me to Home Depot, and I found throughout my time at Home Depot that no one talked to me. People came up and they did this. They completely ignored me and said, oh, hey, buddy, how you doing, right? And that's kind of how it is when you have kids, too. People just completely look past you. And so anyway, my daughter is oftentimes a good icebreaker into a conversation with somebody. But what I have often found is that in the midst of conversation, you begin to really, you can quickly identify uh, somebody's heart by the words that they speak. And so you can usually kind of, 
get a good idea of somebody's character even pretty quickly after they begin to open their mouth. I believe it was Abraham Lincoln who said, better to be thought of as a fool than to open your mouth and remove all doubt. (laughs) And so we have to be careful that we guard our hearts. And if what we are saying is growing progressively more unholy, if you will, then we may need to take a look at where we're at. Matthew 12, 33 through 34, a last verse for you on the heart says, um, the caption here, the, the, the heading uh, you may have is a tree is known by its fruit. And Matthew 12, 33, it says, either make the tree good and its fruit good or make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For the tree is known by its fruit. You brood of vipers. Here's Jesus being really politically correct and gentle. You brood of vipers, he says. How can you speak good when you are evil? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Man, Jesus is just the, he's the guy. And we have this weird idea of Jesus in our Western evangelicalism that paints this very pale-skinned, blue-eyed character that goes around passing out heart candies to everybody. Can I tell you that though Jesus was perfectly loving, he was also perfectly just, and he dealt with sin the way that sin must be dealt with. And he wasn't afraid to call out people who were acting ungodly or hypocritical in this case. And he says to these religious leaders and the like, you brood of vipers. Jesus is essentially saying, you guys are fake. Because you say one thing and you do another. And frankly, what comes out of your mouth defiles you and it reveals what's going on in your hearts. You're not surrendered to the Lord. You don't know my heavenly father is is what Jesus is saying, if I could paraphrase. Look at verse 12 of chapter 3. So our author continues now with that, this idea of looking to our heart. And ultimately, if you go back to 11 for a moment, what does he say was the result of people not guarding their heart and going astray? They did not enter into the promised land, or as the, the verse puts it, into my rest. You want to be at peace tonight? You want to be, at, you want to be able to rest tonight spiritually? Then allow the Lord to work in your heart. Verse 12, he says, so take care, or I believe the New American Standard puts it, see to it. This kind of has the same idea as if you go back to the beginning of chapter 3 and verse 1. He says, consider Jesus. There's this idea of paying close attention. You could say the same idea is now here as he continues to write to them. He says in verse 12 of Hebrews 3, Take care, pay attention, all right, be mindful, brothers, lest there be any in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart, leading you to fall away from the living God. So here's a verse that directly contradicts the message of our Disney movies of the day, follow your heart. Well, the author of Hebrews says, oh, be careful, because if you have a heart that's not being restored and renewed by Christ, 
that heart will lead you to fall away. You'll hear more from Pastor Shane Lance in a moment. I'm producer Rob of Walk in Truth with Pastor Michael Lance, reminding you that this is a listener-supported ministry, and we're really hoping you would consider becoming a Walk in Truth partner. Your contribution helps us broadcast on this station, provide the podcast, and with the -the behind-the-scenes work for this ministry, which reaches a lot of people like you. Please consider becoming a Walk in Truth partner for at least $10 a month and visit walkintruth.com to give. Now, I'm really excited about this. In fact, we all are. As a thank you, we'll send you more content from Pastor Michael and the Walk in Truth team. You will have quick access to our daily episodes. You can watch videos of Pastor Michael's most recent Sunday sermons and access to our bonus podcast and video series, A Step Closer. This month's series is called An Invitation to Intimacy, a look at intimacy in marriage through the Song of Solomon. Check this out. That's how I showed my anger. Mm. Not in words, but in, you can't have me. Mm-hmm. And that obviously took a toll in our relationship. Even for me, in a church that didn't shy away from it, it wasn't talked about a ton, but I remember getting married and my wife and I being like, this is weird. Like, so good now I guess. (laughs) There was infidelity, just a lot of financial issues, you know, all those things that make the top list of of why a marriage is hard. The Lord's given us all things to enjoy, the the scriptures say, and freedom is a big word as a Christian. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, what's happened in the church is that the church has not always sent a message that we're supposed to enjoy life and be free. Mm. We've put a lot of unnecessary weights on people. Mm. And I'm not saying that there aren't boundaries and there's things that God wants done a certain way, but there's also freedoms that we can enjoy pleasure in life. (laughs) All this and more is available to you as a thank you for becoming a Walk in Truth partner. Please visit walkintruth.com and click donate today. That's walkintruth.com, click donate. Walkintruth.com, click donate. We'd love to see who's listening. So please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walk in Truth Show. Now back to Pastor Michael's son, Pastor Shane Lance, on Walk in Truth. So here's a verse that directly contradicts the message of our Disney movies of the day, Follow Your Heart. Well, the author of Hebrews says, oh, be careful because if you have a heart that's not being restored and renewed by Christ, that heart will lead you to fall away. It will lead you away from the living God, he says. Verse 13, but exhort one another every day. As long as it's called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Sin is deceitful, isn't it? Man, you know, as I have grown as a, as a Christian and as I have, uh, by God's grace, matured in my faith, I have become better at identifying the lies of the enemy. Amen? I hope that that's the same for you, that you've been able to better identify as you get to know the heart of your heavenly father better, you are able to more quickly identify the holes in the midst of the enemy's facade and lies. Scripture says that the enemy masquerades himself as an angel of light. When you are faced with temptation, the enemy is very good at his job. He seeks, as the Scripture says, someone to devour. 
Not, not he seeks someone out to just hang out with for a minute. No, no, no. The scripture says he seeks someone who he may devour, destroy, annihilate. The enemy doesn't want to play any games. He simply wants to destroy you, and that's just the fact of the matter. And when you are able to identify the lies, and the, and the, and the way that you will be able to identify those lies is by knowing Christ. The more that you know Christ, the more you will be able to recognize the things that he is not. And I have found, for me personally, that when I'm faced with temptation, prayer is the answer. Uh, for me, it may be a, a different things, but it may be changing my location on a very practical level. It might be wherever I am, if that place is causing an issue for me, leave. Remember Joseph, when Potiphar's wife says for like the third time, if I'm not mistaken, hey, sleep with me. And we know, just historically, Potiphar had his pick of women. This was not an unattractive woman. This would have been a very beautiful woman by worldly standards that was coming to a young man and saying, I want you to sleep with me. And she continued to push and push. And what did Joseph do in the face of temptation? He ran. That is wisdom, especially in the context of sexual temptation. And maybe I'm speaking to somebody here tonight. In fact, I know I'm speaking to multiple people tonight, to all of us tonight. When you are faced with sexual temptation, run, run, because there is nothing good for you there and it will lead to death and it will be the same thing every time. Oh, and the enemy loves to paint. Well, this time will be different, right? This time you'll feel great after. Oh, I know last time in the last hundred times you felt shame and guilt and condemnation, but not this time. No, no, no. This time will be better. And then you take the bait and what happens? You fall into the same old place. So when you are faced with temptation, as verse 12 says, see to it that if there is evil in your heart, unbelief, if your heart is beginning to become hardened, run, run. So he says in verse 13, to the church, to a group of believers, exhort one another. When is the last time you encouraged another Christian in your life? I hope it wasn't that long ago. And you, friend, need to be encouraged as well. And some of us are so stinking prideful, we think we can do it ourselves. And you will, you will fail over and over again. You need brothers and sisters in your life who are coming alongside you. I, pick, I, I think of the picture when uh, the, the nation is in, in war, and as long as uh, Moses' hands are up, right? And what happens? Brothers come alongside him and they hold him up. You need that picture to be a practical thing in your life. You need people who will hold up your arms when you have no strength left. That is how you will overcome. Ultimately, it will be through the, the, the power of God, but you need people who will exhort you. And he says, exhort each other occasionally? No. What does he say? He says in verse 13, exhort each other every day. Every day. So that, what's the result of regular exhortation and accountability in the Christian life? 
What is the direct correlation, the direct result that will yield itself from regular community in the, in the body of Christ? So that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Do you want to avoid having a heart that is growing hardened towards the things of God? Then be in regular fellowship with Christians, not lukewarm people. I'm talking about Christians who are going to push you to be better. Bad company, scripture says, corrupts good morals. You know, I have seen this in my own life. I have uh, different people that I talk with occasionally. I have some neighbors even. Uh, I have one neighbor in particular, super great guy, but he's got a pretty foul mouth. And I've noticed, and I don't use profanity ever, but I, and that's never really been something I've done, but I've noticed this. When I'm talking to this individual for a long period of time, I start to notice myself having to be more intentional about the words I pick as I speak. Because the longer he talks, the, the more those words are on the forefront of my mind. And so I have to begin praying, Lord, I want to be a good witness and I want to be consistent. So guard my heart now as I talk to this individual so that I don't start slipping in his presence. And it's amazing how quickly that can happen. And if any of you have not experienced that, I want to know your secret. Because you see it, right? You get around people who have loose morals and have maybe lower standards than they ought to have, especially as professing Christians. And it is so much easier, so much easier to just go with the flow than to say, hey guys, maybe we shouldn't be using these words. I remember one uh, occasion years ago, my wife and I were at an event. Some things started to transpire that we both felt uncomfortable with. It happened to be on a Saturday night and I'm thinking, I'm getting up in a couple of hours to lead worship at church. We need to go. And I'm thankful for my wife who um, has such a pure heart. And and we just kind of looked at each other and said, I think it's time to go. (laughs) And it was uncomfortable. It was awkward. Let's not kid ourselves. Taking a stand on these issues is not easy. You've been listening to Hold Fast Part 2 on Walk in Truth. That's Pastor Michael's son, Pastor Shane, teaching in Hebrews chapter 3, verses 7 through 19. As always, if you missed any part of today's program, Walk in Truth is on Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and many more podcast apps. Subscribe for free to hear Pastor Michael's teachings in more books of the Bible. And would you please do us a favor and encourage a friend or a family member to listen to Walk in Truth on this station? The same if you're listening on podcast please click the share button. If Pastor Michael's teachings have been a blessing to you, then our hope is they'll do the same for someone you care about. Thanks so much for spreading the word about walk in truth. Now here's Pastor Michael with a final word. Well, maybe when you think about taking a stand for what's right, your biggest fear is losing friends. I can tell you that when I first became a Christian, some of my so-called friends disappeared. And honestly, they weren't really friends. Now, some were very close, uh, you know, really for over the years. But what I'm saying is so-called friends that I had back in the day were nowhere to be found because what we shared in common was our sin, (laughs) what we were doing wrong. And once I wasn't doing that wrong anymore with them, well, they didn't miss me much, I don't think. 
My point is this, is that sometimes we worry about offending people when we should be most worried about offending the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the fear of God can squash all of other fears. So my prayer for you is that if that's a fear of yours, make sure that the fear of the Lord is what drives you. Don't be offensive just to be offensive, no doubt. But if you got to take a stand, take it for the glory of God and leave the consequences to him. This is Pastor Michael Lance, and you're listening to Walk in Truth, and we're walking through the book of Hebrews. Pastor Shane Lance, my oldest son, is preaching uh, from Hebrews chapter 3, Holding Fast. And uh, I pray you are holding fast. And if we can help you in any way, you can give us prayer requests, tell us how the ministry's blessed you. When you go to walkintruth.com, that's walkintruth.com. We'll see you tomorrow. And remember, Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. Please consider becoming a Walk in Truth partner. Your contribution helps us broadcast on this station, provide the podcast, and with the -the behind-the-scenes work for this ministry. Please consider becoming a Walk in Truth partner for at least $10 a month and visit walkintruth.com to give. As a thank you, we'll send you more content from Pastor Michael. You'll have quick access to our daily episodes. You can watch videos of Pastor Michael's most recent Sunday sermons and access to our bonus podcast and video series, A Step Closer. This month's series is called An Invitation to Intimacy, a look at intimacy in marriage through the Song of Solomon. All this and more is available to you as a thank you for becoming a Walk in Truth partner. Visit walkintruth.com and click donate. That's walkintruth.com and click donate. And join us tomorrow for part three of Pastor Shane's teaching in Hebrews 3, 7 through 19 called Hold Fast. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, where it's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.